you are now tuning in to Let's Be Honest with host Just Jonda. Just Jonda, and I am so excited to finally be back with you. We've had a bit of a delay, although last week I did have the pleasure of appearing on the IED podcast in, I'm sorry, the IEG podcast out of the UK, and we had a an interesting conversation about the Netflix movie Cuties, and I am definitely going to be talking about that and a few other things that I think are uh, somewhat related to those issues in episode 22. But for now, let's get started with today's topic, how to make your marriage messy. Well, I had never intended to give a how-to guide, but if there was a a how-to guide, We've got a couple of stories that have been floating around in the news, pop culture, wherever you want to find them, that certainly give us a good roadmap. I mean, they all but put a blueprint down and built entire villages on it to show us exactly how it's done and done effectively. So we're going to start with two stories that we've talked about here a bit and they they're the gift that keep on giving the gifts that keep on giving so the first is andrew gillum and this time his wife rj is along for the ride now for those of you who may not remember this story andrew gillum uh, definitely in a rising star in the Democratic Party, is a politician out of Florida. And he, I believe he ended up holding office in Tallahassee at one point, but all of this very young. I mean, definitely someone whose star was rising pretty much by the time he got out of college, He, where he was very active on the political scene. From what I understand, he just kept going and going and and every race he entered he won and so was doing very well he decided uh several years ago so i'm gonna say it would have probably been 2018 to run in a hotly contested race for the governor of florida and he came very close and there are certainly some questions about uh, some shenanigans that went on with that race, but ultimately he did lose when there was a recount, but by very few votes. And um, so as we know, Florida has a governor that, well, if we were to base 
how he has handled the COVID-19 crisis. Let's just say it's Florida. I'm not surprised. And I'm sorry to offend those of you who may be from Florida, but I didn't start your political messiness. You all keep that going on. And, you know, we can go down a whole other rabbit hole about some of the other stuff that goes on. At any rate, out of the panhandle comes Andrew Gillum. Last spring, this rising star, despite having lost the governor's race, who was even being discussed on the national level as a possible VP uh, consideration, found himself in a bit of a pickle. Andrew Gillum, was, who was 40 at the time, was found in a Miami Beach hotel room with a male companion, uh, a Mr. Travis Dyson, who's alleged to be an escort. Dyson is 30 years old. And these two were supposedly found <clears throat> by another acquaintance of theirs, uh, a, a doctor. So he didn't fi figure very big in the story other than coming in and finding both Dyson and Gillum in not so great of a state. And ultimately he called 911. And sadly, there were pictures that leaked of Gillum naked, allegedly drunk or high or anything in between. And apparently there was a drug test and it showed he had no drugs in his system, but he does admit to drinking and drinking most of the day. Within a week of the incident, Gillum released a statement saying he was removing himself from public life and entering rehab immediately for alcohol treatment, which again, we've seen these scandals come and go. So some of these tactics, um, I, if it's sex, I have a sex addiction or um, in this case, it was alcohol treatment. So uh, the goose made me do it. Why is this coming up again now? Well, the reason is because somebody on Andrew's team, or maybe Andrew himself, decided it would be a good idea to appear on the season two premiere of the Tamron Hall show on Monday, September 14th. So this is the first public interview since the scandal rocked the couple and their loved ones since March of 2020. Now I'm gonna start my remarks specifically regarding this appearance with the premise that Andrew Gillum owes the public nothing. So let me be clear, he owes us nothing. He owes us no explanation, not a thing. Hell, he doesn't even owe anything to the people of Florida because you didn't see your way to electing him to be your governor. Instead, you elected someone who decided <clears throat> It would be a good idea to keep your beaches open and promote people coming down for spring break in the middle of a pandemic. So you get what you get. And what you don't get is that this man owes you something by way of an explanation, a pint of blood or anything else. Now, that being said, again, knowing that he owes you nothing, he decided to come out and make some kind of statement regarding this. And I can only think that this is maybe an Olivia Pope-esque 
uh, attempt for those of you who are former scandal watchers, fancy yourselves an honorary member of Pope and Associates and put on your gladiator hat. Uh, this is an attempt at at least laying the groundwork for reviving some kind of public career, which I will address in a few moments. Even if that were the case, I think that the groundwork being laid is messy because whatever your narrative is at the start, it has to remain the same. And you have to also weigh all of the pros and cons of what that narrative is before you begin down that road. Now, first, one of the major revelations that many of us expected that he would reveal if you actually were surprised by this, um, I wasn't, I can't imagine many people that were, not only given the circumstances that led to him to this point, but also just other things that people in the know said and was like, okay, well, you know, it's, it's Andrew, but it, he's a nice guy and he works hard. So if it's not interfering with, if, with his work and his wife isn't tripping about it, then why should we? Whatever arrangement they have is on them. So the interview starts with Andrew coming out first and, of course, speaking very generally about what happened that fateful weekend. He never admitted what, to me, if you're going to make unnecessary admissions, then you might as well go all the way with it. Again, with the premise, he owes us nothing. Okay, so not being, you know, hypocritical there because he doesn't have to do it. But if you are going to do it, don't be wishy-washy about it. Yes, I was there. She asked a question about his relationship with the man, a question that you should have known you were going to be asked. In fact, I can't imagine any scenario whatsoever where these questions were not um, were not pre-approved. So why? he stumbled in any way over answering what should have been a very simple question an expected question, which is how you knew this man or what was the nature of your relationship with this man? Well, that was a major mistake just from interviewing 101. He was like, well, I mean, I kind of knew him, kind of met him sort of a few weeks, maybe a month. So, okay. So that wasn't a straight answer. So you already know, okay, this guy is still going to try to skate around the questions that you know are going to be asked because this interview would not be happening with you other than if you were factoring into the current presidential race or you got caught with one of the two worst things you could do as it relates to a political career, be caught with a dead woman or a live boy. So, or girl, I mean, there's, those are just the things that kill you. You want to kill your career, be caught with a dead girl or a live boy. There you go. So we have those things. Um, and we know which one he was caught with. So he hemmed and hawed about that. 
not not so much but the point is he didn't straight out answer the question you never got i met him on such such date we became or around such and such we became friends we stayed in touch i came to miami we decided to hook up have some drinks or whatever we got to the hooking up and having drinks but again at that point you're kind of like okay here we go all right so what was the deal with you there the whole okay so now we get to the next step so what was the deal why'd you all get together give me the skinny okay so the deal was that i was hanging out my wife and i came to miami i was going to officiate a wedding we uh of some friends my wife is place a who knows i don't recall him even saying she did mention when it was her turn that she had been trying to call him for hours but wherever she was it, it's not really relevant to the story other than the fact that they weren't together but it does support at least his story that he was not in miami specifically for a hookup that's not necessary that doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't a fortuitous trip but that wasn't the only reason he was in Miami. Let's put it that way. Wifey was there nearby wedding the next day, allegedly going to happen. I don't know if we ever got to know whether or not they actually went to the wedding. I would suspect not. So, anywho, he basically says, again, very roundabout, um, that he decided, okay, gonna meet up with the friend of indeterminate time to have some drinks and that he'd pretty much been getting his drink on since noon. If there is really no clarity on how or why the drinks went from a public space to a private space, or even if they ever really were in a public space it just seemed to go from we decided to get together and have some drinks i've been drinking all day so of course we're to draw the conclusion um that he was dr uh, very drunk which he clearly was um to the point of passing out which he clearly was and that the next thing he knows there's somebody standing over him and where am I? What the hell? And oh my God, my life is just blown up. And so, and scene, so to speak. And that was pretty much where that part of the conversation went. Next, his wife comes on. And this segment got pretty darn interesting. And I am going to talk a little bit more about that after the break. I'm back, and this is Just Jonda with Let's Be Honest. So, just to sum it up, 
we're talking about Andrew Gillum and his unnecessary interview with Tamron Hall on September 14th. And no shade to Tamron Hall. I love Tamron Hall. I am just at a loss for the point of this appearance by the Gillums, the revelation, and the fact that it doesn't necessarily support a sustainable agenda, in my opinion. Okay, so at some point in there, I'm trying to remember without belaboring the point, whether it was before or after his wife comes out, I think it was maybe right before his wife comes out, that he does give the big da 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 moment where he says that he is a bisexual. And he, you know, he just, he just says that that's the case. He doesn't really get that deep into it other than he is, his wife at least, is aware. Again, he didn't talk too much about what that means in terms of his entire family, like whether or not his parents or siblings or whatever knows. Uh, this It seemed to be very much um, isolated to his wife knowing. And I get that because this is you know, leave and cleave, right? You have married this woman, you are creating a family with this woman, and this is who you have committed, perhaps, because again, the arrangement, I don't know, but they're at least in the eyes of the public without knowing the specifics of um, your marriage that in, in your marital agreement, at least in the eyes of the public, there has been a violation of some sort. And um, if we're looking at it in the most traditional sense, there has been the committing of adultery. Doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman, you got coal busted cheating on your wife. Because I think that that is really what some people need to, that, that some people are really viewing. It's not totally about the fact that it was a man. The fact that this was a man just makes it more salacious. But quite frankly, even within his admission of being a bisexual, he still does not admit to contact of any kind with that particular man in that particular situation that is still an admission he never made which also makes the admission to being a bisexual and this interview in general kind of like huh so now you're just adding on to the things that you are going to have to overcome with your public and a potentially Southern public, if you stay where you are, when trying to revive some type of public career, if that is what you choose to do. I suggest you take all of those amazing skills that you have and work in the private sector. Won't matter very much as long as you make whoever it is that you're working for money and do a good job. Um, or start your own business, of course. There's always that. So... He makes this revelation 
I'm not sure if he said at that point, um, as if he said anything at that point about whether his wife knew, because again, this was over a week ago when I watched it. But ultimately, when his wife did come out, she filled in those blanks. So at any rate, there is a point where he and RJ's very beautiful wife uh, sit in the chairs together. They're in the hot seat together. And she uh, they talk more. They get a little deeper into Andrew talking about um, being a child of addiction in terms of his father and um, how that manifested itself when he was older, particularly over the past two years or up until that point, you know, almost two years from the time when he lost the gubernatorial race. And of course, in the midst of that, them growing apart as a couple and nothing unexpected there. You're growing apart, he's drinking, she, they, I, they have kids, she's, you know, having certain resentments and anything that any of us who have ever been married would understandably feel when you're a part of a couple and you're not functioning as one and you're asking are you okay i'm fine but yeah no you're not because you're an obvious drunk and you're not getting any help but you're not talking to me so we we get all that right <clears throat> i mean this literally could have been any couple usa talking about of of any race of any financial background of uh, any religion anything it literally could have been any couple who was having this very same conversation whether it was with Tamron Hall, Dr. Phil or Ayanna fix my life normal stuff related to a watershed event in their lives or or certainly his as it relates to him losing governor the governorship and from what it sounds like probably the first major race that he has ever been in that he lost because by all accounts he has just been on this um trajectory continuously upward in his public career so there is that so they talk about that of course then he goes away and I, again, I may be getting chronology a little bit wrong, but you get the point. And this is where, ooh, I had some issues with it. She's talking. She's talking about her hurt. She's talking about the covenant between she and he and how they are now forced to live this out in public. Yes! You are forced to live this out in public because of what he did. And do you know where the he in the he did was when she was there and she is beautiful and poised and holding it together to have this conversation? He is literally crying in the corner. There is no point where there was so much needed from her that she ever needed to be alone because all of this no matter what our covenant no matter how people may feel about what she knew versus what she says that she knew for the sake of saving face um it, it doesn't even matter how anybody may feel about this whether she was a beard in every sense of the word in terms of her knowingly and actively 
up being that or whether she is someone who truly believed, as she said, that when on the eve of him proposing to her or them deciding to get married, however that went, that he told her, allegedly, so that uh, assumably she could make an informed decision about whether or not to be with a bisexual man, that he told her about the fact that he was bisexual, but he told her that he chose her that just like and and i get that because i think some people may take that part a little i've, I've listened to a lot of people talk about this and i think that they're not exactly taking that the way that they intended it to sound i think that when she says that he told her he chose her it wasn't i'm choosing to be with a woman over a man no it was literally the same choice that any person who commits and this is where the issue of the violation comes in it at least from my perspective uh, both as a person who's been in monogamous relationships before getting married and then of course being married now it is not it, it is the same choice that anybody who chooses to be in a monogamous relationship and and again with the emphasis on a monogamous relationship if that is indeed what the agreement was that i am choosing to be with you that is that has nothing to do with gender that has nothing to do with your sexual orientation whatsoever if you have two lesbians who decide to commit to one another that i am choosing you and i'm not going to date the other lesbians i could be dating i choose to make vows to marry you and i'm not going to continue to entertain or period i mean i may not have been entertaining them anyway the army of mofos who may be trying to push up me push up on me at the club it's not i choose to forego a penis because i'm bisexual but since i chose to be with a woman then i'm just choosing vaginas no i choose you as the person so i get that if she loved him enough that she chose him and he's telling her, I love you and want to be with you enough. And I see the value in you as a person and what we are going to build as a couple, because hopefully they had that discussion, <laughs> that you are who I choose to walk the rest of this life's journey with. I choose you to do it with. That is the covenant that I believe that she was discussing. So when she talks about now having to live out that, you know, the covenant that she made with her husband in front of everybody, then it's not necessarily that um, I agreed on the low that he could do some stuff with other people because I'm not into, you know, pegging him personally if that's how he gets down 
I I agree to him doing whatever as long as he it never comes out. Now, side note, we do know those agreements do exist. And we do know that, interestingly enough, if you want to look for a place where you would find the existence of those types of agreements most, they would be in political marriages because it's not just the person who's in office that's the political animal. We have seen time and time again where the true brains behind the operation is not the person that's holding the office. That's just the person with the charisma to get elected. The brains behind the operation is the person who is standing by their side. I'm not saying that's always the case, but we certainly have seen it. And even if it's not necessarily the brains behind the operation, there is somebody standing by that person's side who enjoys appreciates and wants to live that lifestyle. But because of who their spouse is and the proclivities of that particular spouse, there may just have to be an agreement that in order for this lifestyle to continue, there are certain things that you are going to have to be okay with putting up with because as a powerful person, it's going to be thrown at me. It doesn't matter if I look like a cross between Rush Limbaugh and Mitt Romney People, in, in this case, women and or men, are going to be happy to give it to me to get close to me. And if I'm the type that doesn't like to turn it down, you are going to have to be the type that's okay with that in order for you to be Mrs. Ugly Romney, Lim uh, 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 <laughs> uh, Romney Limbaugh baby. So uh, all of that notwithstanding, my point is, is that this covenant could very well be the fact that we decided that we, the two of us, were going to be together. And the fact that you like other things or you are attracted to more than one person, the fact that whatever you want to call it, that you are more sexually fluid than I am, or just flat out you are a bisexual and just like you could have married a woman because you that's who you fell in love with you were just as open to marrying a man if you were openly um living in your truth and that's who you decided to be with all of that being said at no point was there an admission that the individual he was caught with was someone that he was in a bisexual relationship with even that night, which to me adds insult to injury as it relates to RJ and this whole notion of any type of covenant, just the covenant not to hurt me and make me look like a fool out in these streets. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So now I'm just going to go, before I close this out, to the base level going back to my premise that this man owed the public nothing. And I'm going to take that a step farther and say, not only did you owe us nothing, but Andrew wasn't nobody thinking about you. Okay. That's the way I would have said it back in the day. If I was in Trenton and I was with my homegirls and I wasn't, you know, being this Jonda, 
Andrew, nobody's thinking about you. Okay, boo? No. Okay, we have a pandemic. We've got a social justice movement going on. We've got Black Lives Matter. We've got a whole lot going on. Hello, we are in the middle of an election cycle that is out of this world. Not that on Monday we could have predicted that RBG was going to die on Thursday. Okay, so, and we'll get into that. But the point is, there is so much more going on that the news cycle could not have worked better for you. It, it, it's one of those many times where I have to go into my vast, as you know, television archive and pull out one of my favorite memes as it relates to uh, from the Tyra Banks show when she was yelling at one of the girls. And as it relates to your private life going away and people forgetting about you for a while, for a while, Andrew, we were rooting for you. Okay. I just felt like doing that because I always wanted a reason to do it. But anyway, <laughs> And, and I'm not rooting or not rooting because that, again, brings us back to the point. The news cycle of the world in general could not have been better for this person to disappear. And now the next point. Let's say, as Tamron Hall asked him, as, as she asked him about um, going back into public life. And he said, well... Um, I, that's going to be something I explore for the future or whatever. So, you know, it's kind of the open-ended question, but kind of like a movie leaving it open for a sequel. These are the issues that are going to come up in this situation. As we know, there is always a push and pull when it comes to more of a push when it comes to the notion of bisexuality. A lot of individuals, especially depending on what culture you come from and him being African-American, I can certainly tell you what any of my listeners who are African-American know uh, we're already thinking. You can be a black man and be just about anything and be accepted. Hell, you could be a black man and spend most of your time in jail and people will be will welcome you home and, with open arms and you will get a better reception than in many families than if you admitted that you were anything other than heterosexual. And that is not nice for me to say. And there will be people who will not like the fact that I said it, but that's not going to stop me from saying it because we know it's true. And beyond that, even if there is not just the ingrained embracing of the homophobia in this, again, is in many communities and, and certainly even among women, there is the belief that if you're bisexual, you ain't bisexual, you just gay. Or certainly, and I think that one of the reasons why it's even tougher, a tougher nut to crack, especially with women and particularly with black women with the whole notion of the, the um, not the notion, the reality of the, um, but some of it's a notion of the hysteria of the down low black male. There is always that piece that a, a man who admits to bisexuality is always going to be pushed 
more towards the uh, having to live under the umbrella of not being bisexual or sexually fluid, but just simply being gay. Because women in particular will always feel like I don't have that other piece to give you. So there is a reluctance to be with an admitted bisexual male, which of course forces them in the closet. Not that they would inherently cheat on you one way or the other. It's the fact that they can't be honest with you one way or the other. It's the fact that they can't be honest with you about the fact that I have an attraction to both men and women, but I am, but when I have chosen who I want to be with, I have chosen you. And the fact that you just happen to be a woman does not mean that I am going to constantly hunger for this other piece that you don't have hanging off the front of you. Because it is about the person. And me being bisexual just means that I can be attracted to either one. It does not negate my ability to commit. Of course, stories like this undermine everything I just said for the past two minutes. Doesn't make it any less true, just means that it undermines it. Now, that the reason why I bring that piece up is because when it comes to the um, him moving forward in public life, if he does that married, particularly to a woman, and let's say is RJ, God bless her, they decide they want to stay together, they work all this out within again, the covenant of their marriage and what that means to them. Then, because she, let's say she views this as, as a lot of women on my blog do, as less about the fact that it's a man, that just makes it more salacious. You already knew he was bisexual, so that's neither here nor there. That All that does is open up the field of people he can cheat on you with. That does not change the fact that he made a commitment to you. So the problem isn't the fact that is a man. The problem is that he cheated. The fact that is a man just means it's going to make the newspaper. The fact that is a man just means it's going to be in the news cycle longer. The fact that is a man just means this is going to go beyond the the political pages or his political enemies in particular trying to make a thing out of it in Florida, as opposed to it being this major national and probably especially because of the pictures, international story. That is just because of who it was, which would have happened if it was, say, Kim Kardashian as well, because there's just certain things that are going to make a story salacious, either him with a man or him with like a major celebrity or, or something like that. So either way, it, that's really um, how, why that part's an issue. What makes it problematic from a career standpoint, if he stays married to her, then he is still being viewed as inherently dishonest because 
of what I discussed a few moments ago about people's uh, about a good portion of people's core disbelief in the whole notion of bisexuality as it relates to men. If you are a man and you admit to being bisexual and you are married to a woman, then there are going there is going to be a segment of people and a very strong, large segment of his own people or people who look like him who will still view him as a liar generally as someone who is just generally dishonest because you are in a relationship where you are living a lie in their eyes because what you are claiming you're doing isn't possible and you have participated in behavior that support exactly what they believe so there is that portion that so we're gonna so there's the dishonesty piece and then there is another even bigger piece that when you put those two together is like political suicide the uh, or public suicide the other piece is you are weak and not weak because you're bisexual not weak because you are with the man even more so than that you are weak and again this is in the eyes of folks looking at you especially other men because you are someone who was doing well and hell I'm a woman I kind of looking at a little side eye too you are someone who was doing well keeping your demons at bay and the minute you get disappointed the minute something doesn't go your way by your own admission the first thing you do is curl up in a bottle and in and 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 within 18 months you go from a shining star of promise to someone who allegedly because again we don't really know how much of this is true versus spin who allegedly is curled up in a bottle marriage is falling apart you are unreachable as a human being to communicate and the next thing we know you're in a hotel room in miami butt naked with a may or may not be escort who you will or will not admit actually going there to sleep with surrounded by drugs which you probably didn't take but again you were so weak you put yourself in a situation where even if you were set up to fail i.e drugs sprinkled around a room and all of this kind of stuff you put yourself in the situation where that can happen just like with marion barry was he set up i think that's a foregone conclusion i mean it was a full-blown operation but if you were not a booty hound with a proclivity for crack nobody would have been able to set you up using a hooker and a pile of crack those are decisions that you made those are situations you put yourself in that made you vulnerable for those who may be out to get you to actually get you that makes you weak that makes you a liability and that makes you someone who is inherently untrustworthy and again i'm talking about for those who look at it that way and then combined with the whole question of marriage stay in a marriage not be in the marriage but was married when all of this comes out you don't exactly come out of this smelling good 
And again, this inner going back to the why, this interview puts it right back in people's faces. And if you were trying to construct the narrative that would begin the road to recovery of a, a at least a public career as opposed to a private one, you needed to choose which sword you were going to fall on. Lord, there's a nasty couple of puns that could come through <laughs> that one in light of his admission. You needed to decide whether or not you were going to um, rely on the notion that you were a drunk who was taken advantage of or you... We can't take back that you were drunk that was taken advantage of because you already told us that. Or you are a bisexual who we still can't exactly say was taken advantage of because you won't, you admit you're bisexual, but not exactly to your bisexuality playing a role in how you ended up naked that night. And if it sounds like I have a question mark on my face, it's with good reason. And if you're listening to me, I hope you have one too. I didn't try to deliberately confuse you, but you can imagine or, or see why it is confusing. You have two narratives going on, neither of which is good. So the public didn't need to be reminded of any of it. Especially given that you are not in a position, nor do you hold one, that requires you to give anybody one. There's no reason why I should even be talking about this other than the fact that it's utterly fascinating. And if I had gone through my archives because I was desperate for something to talk about, I could have gone back to an episode from back during that time and brought it up. Although when it happened, I'm not even entirely sure. I don't even think I, my podcast had started then. So I don't believe I talked about it here, but I know that we talked about it extensively on my blog. At any rate, that is all I have on Andrew Gillum. As you can see, I ended up, you know, getting all hype, but that's fine. You love it anyway. So we're going to come back with a story that is, in my opinion, a bit lighter just in its foolishness. Ignorant, but lighter in its foolishness. Again, about how to make your marriage messy. Be right back. Welcome back. And in our final segment on how to make your marriage messy, I'm going to start with the story of a dude that I can't imagine anybody feels sorry for. Well, outside of his church members, maybe they strike me as the type who will follow him to hell and back. But this guy has got to be the spiritual gift that keeps on giving. And I'm talking about none other than our resident freaky deaky, Jerry Falwell Jr. Now, just a few episodes ago, I discussed the, I'll say, resigné firing 
from his cushy gig at Liberty University. It's a private college in Virginia, which is the state that I live in, and it's a religious college as well. So it was founded by his father. And due to an investigation into some alleged unsavory activity in his personal life, initially they just kind of cited a photo of him. It looks like he was at a party and maybe he was drinking, which is against their rules. But obviously somebody else saw this snowball going downhill because it, within a week or so of an announcement of a suspension, then we have the resigna firing that occurred. And that also just happened to be right around the time of the revelations of a cuckolding relationship between himself, his wife, and the pool boy. So, just in case you missed it, I'm just gonna explain that to you real quick. Apparently, um, Jerry decided he wanted to try to get out of the messiness he found himself in by, I called it pretty much by trying to throw his wife under the bus and say that he was drinking and misbehaving mildly because of his uh, wife's infidelity that it just led him down a road of destruction. So I wasn't cheating. She was cheating. And the fact that she was cheating made me so crazy. I had to start drinking. Okay. You know, never mind that whole go pray thing that he would probably counsel everybody else to do. At any rate, whether you missed it or not, I assume that you and well maybe i'm being presumptuous that you even know what a cuckolding relationship is but just in case you don't mainly because i just like saying cuckold becky and yes that's actually his wife name wife's name becky with an i had sex with the pool boy that they met in miami and became their friend and business partner within a year um, she had sex with the pool boy at various times. This affair went on for over six years, but it wasn't an affair that was just be between Becky and the pool boy. That is where the whole cuckolding part comes in, because when there is that type of relationship, there is usually a partner or a spouse, in this case, Jerry, who does not get to participate, but they watch. They are essentially the person who's being cuckolded. They end up watching whether it's to, it's sort of a humiliation type uh, pleasure. So instead of that pleasure through pain is more of, I guess, the psychological pain of humiliation. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. Look it up. At any rate, he was the watcher, whether in uh, sitting across the room or in the closet, etc. Well, the Falwells are back. Apparently, in late August, so this has been on the down low, but somebody managed to get the 911 call. So midway through last week, what was that? I guess the third week in September. Well, the information comes out that... Papa Jay is at it again. 
he's still curled up in a bottle, but now the news, lets out, news outlets are reporting that Becky Falwell called the police. Again, on August 31st, she dialed 911. She was very cagey on the tapes. She basically, she wouldn't really say who they were, but she knew that she needed some help. I mean, she wasn't going to be able to shift her husband around herself, but she did reveal that he, uh, and, and of course it was later revealed that he had lacerations on his face, appeared to have a black eye and, uh, you know, he was generally jacked up. So let me tell you my theory. I'm going to say theory. I have no proof for this whatsoever, but it just makes the story a lot more fun. Um, can you tell I do not feel sorry for these people, but at any rate, my theory is simply this. Becky has finally had it. I'm not going to sit around while you drink because people don't see you as the moral authority this week. Because, of course, like all of his counterparts past, he'll be back up in a pulpit soon. But at least at the moment, he has to sit with his tail between his legs and that does not well for one of way of put uh, for want of a better way of putting it that doesn't sit well with guys like jerry it doesn't sit well with people in power and used to being the authority and telling people what to do especially when they're hypocrites so he's not happy about the stuff that the fact that he's at home. Forget the 10 point, what was it, $10.5 million cushion that he walked away from the school with on the date of his resignifying. Oh no, that's not enough. And not to mention you were already rich anyway. He has to be upset and he's got a drink and I'm sure Becky has to feel sorry for him. And on top of it, they don't have their pool boy because apparently this whole thing started falling apart when they screwed him over when he wanted to get out of their business deal, which by the way, was a youth hostel in Miami. Mm, okay, so back to my theory. Becky's tired of this mofo. Becky decided on August 31st that I'm not listening to you moan and groan again. And dude, did you forget that you sat up in front of the world and tried to make me the first lady out to be some kind of a whore to save your skin? When whether I'm tricking it out all over town or not, you're along for the ride to watch. So I'm thinking the reason why there was blood on the garbage cans, did I mention that he had fallen by the garbage can, there was blood on it, blood by the garbage cans, black eye on the face. Sounds like Becky decided to go old school WWF superfly sucker on that mofo. And uh, Jerry ended up on the losing end of that. Besides, if he was drunk, he was in, you know, easy target. Okay, totally my theory. Again, saying that's my fantasy theory of what happened. Is it true? 
I don't know, probably not, but isn't that a much more fun story? And given what happened, it could happen. I know some people who that is totally how that situation would have happened. And it would not have been something that had a long wait between August 7th and August 31st for it to happen. People that I know, and this isn't just whoever you think, this isn't Pookie down the street. These are folks I know with degrees, money, and everything else, but you're just not going to clown me and my image to save your skin. We might've been, again, going back to my other point, we or me, <laughs> I may have been tricking it out all over town, but everybody didn't know that. But because you all up on Instagram with your fly opening, you're getting caught, uh, obviously three shades to the wind. Well, now you're under investigation that affects our social standing as a whole. And I have to be the thing that you throw out there to try to land on. Really? That $10.5 million uh, golden parachute wasn't enough for you to make a safe landing. You also have to throw me down and jump out the window and land on me. Well, how'd that work out for you? Because once you decided to clown me, homie decided to do a full-blown article with the AP and put all of our business out there, which still affects me, but you look even more stupid than you initially intended. I'm just saying. Give a little thought put it into perspective. And finally, in how to make your marriage messy, we have the divorce that filing that shocks no one, but seems to have been like a butterfly effect causing a ripple around the world. And that is Cardi B, rapper extraordinaire, per probably more fashion and television personality, filing for divorce from her husband Offset. Anybody surprised? No. Is it because of his wayward D? Maybe. She said they grew apart. She's tired of, you know, wanting something from a marriage or a spouse that just doesn't seem to be there. Sounds familiar. Happens to a lot of people. People have been divorced for far less and it doesn't have to do with babies, baby mamas, new babies, all of those things. We already know that Offset has a wayward D and she knew that too. That doesn't mean that she was accepting of it because they did separate at one point. However, people try to fight for their family for less than uh, love and or trying to raise their children together, which it appears that she and, you know, apparently him as well tried to do, but it just didn't work. They were married for three years. They are young. They certainly can afford to move on and um, have good lives apart from one another and raise their child um, as a blended family, which they seem to have maturely come out and said, certainly she has, and uh, with no shade to the other person. We haven't heard much from him, but she's the person who's filed and has been pretty insistent upon not coming out, saying anything uh, overtly negative about him in terms of it being things that would make 
life difficult for them moving forward as parents, which is a great thing. Uh, so in my opinion, as far as everybody else, you know, making a big, big thing about it, it seems to be much ado about nothing because at least by the main party that people seem to care more about in terms of uh, the impact of this on since he's known as, as a cheater anyway. Um, she seems to just be like, I'm breaking up with him, uh, although not exactly saying it in those words, but the reasons that she give pretty, gives pretty much amounts to some of the same problems that we all have and sometimes you can resolve them or figure out certain compromises that make it work and and they just couldn't and probably in no small part to their lifestyles in terms of where they both are in their careers and travel and all of that kind of stuff it can't possibly be easy and this is not just me speculating it's it's a fact how easy could it possibly be and and i don't mean to say that marriage is easy but when you're struggling uh, you just don't need extra things added to the struggle and something like um, having commitments and contracts that are beyond what you can really control given the nature of what they do that keep you coming and going are certainly not the, it, it's not a lifestyle that is conducive to working things out when you have problems. So if the best thing that you can do is uh, cut bait on the uh, personal sort of romantic part of the relationship, especially since that doesn't really seem to be, that seems to be where the problems are anyway, and just focus on what is the most important thing, which is your child, because they don't have a choice in the matter, then good for you. So God bless them. I, you know, it's no hate here. And it's not about fandom or whatever it's just i get it I've, I've said before and i've even said during this episode i'm married i know a lot of married people i know people who've been married or about to get married i freaking get it and um and not even if even if you're not married but just in a, some any type of committed relationship um hell shacking up it's, it's just not easy stuff so good luck to everybody in that situation so that wraps up this this episode as it relates to the messiness. And with sadness, I will also say rest in peace to someone who has certainly throughout my career been one of my legal heroes and just a hero as a woman and a human being. And that is the Honorable Supreme Court Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg a woman who literally tried to hold on in the face of illness and being a cancer survivor myself. I know it had to be at points painful and difficult and um, just putting herself out there um, in a way that quite frankly, she shouldn't even have to because where we are in a con as a country is not any one person's fault just like it's not any one person's responsibility to fix it 
So it is with sadness that I say farewell to someone that I view as a warrior for justice generally, however you may feel about her individual decisions, a person who was um, very principled and who probably for the next several episodes, you are going to hear me pay tribute because she is certainly well-deserving of it. So farewell and rest easy to the notorious RBG, the Honorable Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And finally, I will say farewell. Keep listening. Go to my DMs, leave me messages, let me know what you want to talk about. Because as I've always said, if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, I'm thinking about it and probably want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Also, check us out on Amazon Music. Have a great one.